Okay, this is hopefully our last uh, sitter snippet on Birchas HaTorah, which we have exhausted. We went through the three brachos and what they each represent, different opinions on the nature of the bracha. And then we engage in the actual experience, the exercise of Talmud Torah, not just in theory or abstract, but we became part of a community of learners by learning a Pasuk, a Mishnah, and a Gemara. The Gemara is really a Brisa. So we discussed the Psukim that we learn, which are Birchas Kawanim, Nesiyas Kapayim, why specifically we chose those three brachos, they represent our aspiration, our dreams for the day, material success, spiritual success, and that the two are not in conflict or competing, but the Asem Lecha Shalom, that we're able to have a certain peace between the two. We continue with the Mishnah, and it's the opening Mishnah of Peah. Elu Dvar Shiur, the following have no Shiur. There is no measure. Normally a mitzvah and obligation has a minimum measure in order to fulfill the commandment, and a maximum. Here, these things have neither, the minimum nor the maximum, at least that's true on a Doraisa, on a biblical level. What are they? Peya means the obligation to leave a portion. The farmer has to leave part of his, a corner of his field for the indigent, for the poor, or those who don't have access to harvest or to income. So the farmer technically, ain't sheer, there's no minimum. You could leave a tiny amount, you could leave the whole field. Midoraisa, midorabana, rabbinically, the farmer has to leave one sixtieth. But the Mishnah is talking about on a biblical level. Bikurim are the first fruit of the seven species. The first of the fruit the farmer has is brought to the Kohen. The Ramam describes is brought to the Kohen with great pomp and circumstance. There are trumpets and a whole parade and a whole welcome party and presented to the Kohen in a fancy elaborate basket. There's major pomp and circumstance and ceremony surrounding the delivery of Bikurim. This is in great contrast to Truma and Maiso. Truma and Maiso represent a much more significant portion of a person's harvest or income, and yet, unceremoniously, it's delivered, it's distributed. Here, the Bikurim ain't la shiur. It's a nothing, a little fig. It's a nothing. And yet, there's so much pomp and circumstance. So Rabbi J.J. Shachter once explained the difference is Trumas and Maiso, so a person tithes and gives to the coin after they've harvested. Once you've collected everything in your field, you're giving a portion away, it's not easy, it's impressive, take sacrifice, but you know that the rest you get to keep. When it comes to Bikurim, what are you giving? The first fruit. You're giving the only fruit. The first means the only at the time. When you designate, when you set aside that first, you have no idea what else is to come. So therefore, it's much more impressive and therefore delivered in ceremony with more pomp and circumstance. Bikurim represents our faith and trust that even without knowing what else is yet to come, what we have really belongs to Hashem. It's a gift from Hashem. Hashem is really the senior partner in whatever success that we have, and we show that through the delivery of Bikurim. Re'ayon is the mitzvah of Re'iyah. We have an obligation each of the three festive holidays to make a pilgrimage to be seen by Hashem. How much do you have to be seen? Can you stop by for a minute? Do you have to spend all day? How long do you have to be seen? Ain lam shiur. Again, there is no minimum, there is no maximum. Similarly, the korban olas re'iyah from a biblical perspective, has no shiur. Gemilas chasadim v'salam Torah, and lastly is chesed, and the learning of Torah. The Gros says, when we talk about chesed, we're not talking about staka. Staka has a shiur. You can't give away more than 20% of your assets. You can't be so generous that you put yourself in a position to be in need of the help of others. So there is a shear when it comes to tzedakah. So says the girl, the girl says the chesed is talking about the chesed shebegufo, the chesed we do with our body, the kindness and the, and the uh, visiting others, supporting them, all that we do with our body. And finally, Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah has no minimum measure. 
In fact, we learn the Gemara says with Kriya Shema in the morning and the evening, one fulfills minimally the mitzvah of Torah learning. The Gros says the Chazal gave that in his example, Kriya Shema, but even less than that. One word of Torah, you say, you fulfilled the mitzvah of Talmud Torah for the day at a bare minimum, at a very minimum level. So some say, you see, why was this Mishnah chosen in Peah? What do these things have in common? If you look at the Mishnah, this Mishnah was chosen because it includes the three things upon which the world rests. Torah, Avodah, and Gemilas Chasadim. The Chesed is Peah and Gemilas Chasadim. The Avodah is Bikurim and Re'ayon. You appear before the Hashem in the Beis HaMikdash, the Avodah. And Talmud Torah, of course, is the last. So all of these three things have no minimum, they have no maximum biblically, and they're chosen as a reminder that the world and our world, our own personal world, our personal psyche, our personal stability, our personal happiness, our personal meaning each and every day rests on being engaged in the three activities of each of these columns of the pillars that hold up the world. And finally, we learn what is uh, Gemara and Shabbos, Kofchav Zayin, it's presented as a brysa. We really don't have the brysa the way it uh, appears here, these ten things in the brysa, but clearly it's an old and ancient text because we have it in so many of our sidurim. And here we list things you engage, you encounter, you perform these things in this world, and they're amazingly gratifying. They're transformative. They're enriching. One draws from in this world, and yet you don't deplete the reward that's coming to you. It's still there. It's still waiting in Olam Haba. And what are this long list? Honoring our parents. As we know, the Psukim say, One benefits. Honor your parents. And your children will see that. The Abar Benal says, if you take care of your parents when you get old, your children will take care of you. If you neglect your parents when you get old, your children will neglect you. So there's a reward in this world, and yet the reward in the world to come is preserved as well. Gemilas chasadim, hashkamas pesamedra, shachrits va'arvas, being on time, attending shul, achnasas orchem, bikrocholim, achnasas kalavayasames. All of these things are among the acts of gemilas chasadim. The, Ram, the Rambam writes, that all of these are really durabun, and they're rabbinically mandated in terms of the technical or formal obligation to comfort the mourner and visit the sick and so on. But they all stem and they all come from the mitzvah of You have to love and care of the people around you. Someone's grieving, someone's sick and needs help or support. We have an obligation to show up and an obligation to be there. What does it mean, iyun So Rashi says in the Gemara and Baruch Islam Beis, iyun means that a person elaborates so much on their tefillah. They had such geshmak kavana, they say, oh, that was the longest and best Shemona Esra. I paid attention from beginning to end. I am now guaranteed Hashem is going to answer me. What a good davening. The davening was so good, I've secured a positive outcome or response. And Rashi criticized the Gemara, says iyun is a negative thing. Because... You're not really then deferring or conceding that Hashem is in charge if you think that as long as you concentrate, you get what you asked for, Hashem is just a tool or instrument, and you think you're in charge. So Ian Tfila is not really a positive thing. So Tosu says, how could Rashi interpret Ian Tfila negatively? What about our Brisa? Ian Tfila is listed among the things that there's a reward in the world to come, and yet there's also enriching in this world. So Tosu explains there are two types of Ian Tfila. There's an Ian Tfila of arrogance, where you elaborate and you concentrate it, and you feel such pride in your davening that you think with certainty you'll be answered. You think you're in control. That's an Ian Tfila, which is negative. But the Ian Tfila, which means that you know what the words mean, 
Sitter snippets, iun tefillah. You're comprehending, you're concentrating, you're learning, iun tefillah, learning what tefillah means. That's what's enriching in this world and is also in the world to come. Vaval shalom e'edad mechavero, of course, interpersonal, greeting one another. And finally, we end the Talmud Torah, keneged kulam. The Talmud Torah is equal to all of them. Rechaim Veloshner and Ruach HaChaim and his commentary in Perkei says, why is it equal to all of them? Because Talmud Torah we normally think of as an activity We usually think of Torah learning as part of the conversation we're having with Hashem. Says Rav Chaim Velazhner, if we understood that the inestimable value of Torah study, that Torah study is holding up the whole world, the merit that's brought to a community by those who are engaged in Torah study. So Torah study is not just Ben Adam Lamakom, Torah study is also Ben Adam Lachavero. Chaim Velazhner writes, those who are learning Torah and contributing to a cold Torah in the community, they're engaged in learning and lifting and holding up the community, that's also Gemilas Chasadim. That's why it's included on this list. And I'll end to tell you, I think, a very beautiful insight from the Rebbe of Zusha. He says, Talmud Torah Kinegah Kulam doesn't mean that Torah study equals all the other things on the list. Kinegah Kulam means, says Reb Zusha, Torah is only valuable when it's Kinegah Kulam, when you're doing all the other things. If you're learning Torah, but it's not cultivating and molding you into the type of person who comforts the mourner and visits the sick and lifts the downtrodden and cares about other people, who greets all the people around you. If you're not doing all these things, you're not keeping those mitzvos, Torah doesn't look beautiful on you. Rav Shechter, Morivarabi likes to say, it's like wearing a tie with pajamas. A tie is a formal garment. It makes you look handsome. But a tie with pajamas makes you look silly. It only makes sense to wear a tie when you're already dressed somewhat formally. So Talmud Torah can neged kulam. Talmud Torah is wonderful when you're also doing Bein Adam Lachavero. But if you neglect Bein Adam Lachavero just for Talmud Torah, then it doesn't look beautiful at all. Chanan ben